Welcome, everyone, to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 66. Thank you all for coming and joining us once more. Uh, with me today is, as always, Jessalyn, my co-host. Hello. And special guest, Tyrell Cannon, once again. Hello again. Hello. The Steve Martin of our show. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come up with, like, a Steve Martin line that I do every time. <laughs> oh, uh, what's the, the King Tut yeah, song, yeah, I'll start singing my, the my favorite honky or something. <laughs> I just kept thinking like, oh, I'll wear the arrow on my head, but that won't work. On yeah, the yeah. No. <laughs> so, how have you been lately? I've uh, I've listened to a few of your uh, podcasts lately. Your Big Box Club. Oh yeah, no, I've been good. Been good. Been really busy, but good. I uh, just finished some some projects. I've been recording. Uh, we've been trying to do more Big Box podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I think we just posted episode eight or nine. I have another one queued up, and then Sweet. I. I've also been doing my Drawing Conversations podcast, right? Right, yeah. Good. I have a few of those queued up, and it's been great. You know, it's kind of fun. Like, I, I do those, like, for fun now. Yes, like, yeah. Like, I finish my work, which is, like, drawing, and then I'm like, I'm going to go do something fun, and I can record a podcast or edit it or whatever. And, but, yeah, the Big Box podcast is going good. We just finished Barbarian Month. Nice. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. One more podcast covering barbarians. And, uh, <laughs> I like I, li- I li- listen to the one where you rag on Malibu from American Gladiators. <laughs> time, time barbarians. <laughs> classic, classic. And yes. if, uh, Justin, you ever watch American Gladiators growing up? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I feel like it's unavoidable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Generation. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember a lot of them too. Uh, there was like Gemini. Yep. Laser. Lace. Blaze. Nit- Nitro. Nitro. Sky. Sky, um, and then the new one came out, and I kind of watched that one a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the main reason was because Gina Carano was one of the gladiators on oh, it. Okay, and I totally got the hots for Gina Carano. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, but yeah, you guys are ripping on Malibu a lot. <laughs> it is amazingly you know, small head. When I was doing the the image for the podcast, I was actually I, I did it, and then I reversed it. I was like, I was going to take his face and shrink it down in Photoshop. So really small. I was like, nah. It's, it's small enough as it is, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a funny show. So anyone listening, check it out. Um, we got some movies that and shows that we watched lately. Actually, our first one is a TV show that's on. Uh, I want to say it's on Amazon Prime. It's mm-hmm. only four episodes long, and it's about Lorena Bobbitt and uh, John Wayne Bobbitt. But it's just called Lorena. Uh, it's a four episode series, and it just chronicles all everything that happened from. When is uh, John Wayne Bobbitt's dick was cut off, 
until now, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe even a little bit before. They talk about, like, Lorena and, and John Wayne Bobbitt's uh, relationship and the abuse and everything. And a lot of stuff comes to light about each of them. More about John Wayne Bobbitt and how much of a piece of shit that guy is. And how, like, Howard Stern and all these, like, shock jocks and people were totally kind of made fun of the situation when it really was a deep down a serious situation of of spousal abuse and um it was a pretty good pretty good four episode show there and i, I enjoyed it and i learned a lot from it and especially the part where i said that john lee bob it's a complete douchebag <laughs> and, and i especially liked the part where he was gonna get his uh his penis enlarged and thickened Ugh. And then the doctor botched it, and he couldn't get hard anymore. So that was my favorite part of this whole <laughs> series, just watching this guy fail. My favorite part, I think, was the microsurgeon. Is that what he was called? Yeah, the microsurgeon. When he gets called in the middle of the night, but they hadn't found the the part yet. And so the whole time he's being interviewed, he just has this smirk on his face. <laughs> I like that he was like, well, if they don't have it, I'm not going to get it. I'm yeah. not coming I'm in. Like, I'm not yeah. coming in. It's three in the morning. I'm not coming what in. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised, you know, by a lot of things. It's like one of those stories that everybody remembers, but then you like nobody's thought about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And there's all these like um, there's a lot of these documentaries now that are like these retrospective looks yes. at things. And this mm-hmm. is one that I just feel like skates by it, for a long time. Like nobody's been thinking about it, and it takes this like view of how the media covered it, mm-hmm. how the court system worked. You know, it's really like a pretty it's a cool snapshot in time of how like things were. Like, because it doesn't just talk about, like, the case itself. But, right. Like, here's things going on with women's rights, and here's what the laws were in regards to, you know, uh, spousal rape and all this. And I was like, I didn't know all that. That's yeah. Really no. cool. yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really cool, but it's interesting. Yes. <laughs> right, definitely. right. And it's interesting to look at it with older eyes, yeah, like I yeah, said. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's another one we're watching, too, the Pizza Bomber one. Oh, I've seen one. it already. Evil Genius on yeah. Netflix. It's crazy. See, I'm watching you got it sucked now. In so. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You're getting me all sucked into these things. Like with the the one with the uh... yeah, Unseen about Anthony Sowell. I got yeah. you into all kinds yeah. of like serial killer and true crime. Oh, man, Ted Bundy was a gateway drug. It was for you. fucking Ted Bundy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that unibrow and those sexy eyes really got me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was it was a good series, and I definitely you should definitely check this one out, along with the uh, the Pizza Bomber one. What's that? What's that one's name? Evil Genius. Evil on Netflix. Genius. Yeah. And I have what one more episode left of that? I think you one? just have one more. That one's been out for a little while. I watched it right when it, it got yeah. recommended to me by like seventeen of my friends, <laughs> and right they were. I loved it. But did Amazon re- or Netflix recommend it to you? Netflix did not See, recommend it. I had to go find it. You're like, yeah. What's this thing? It's got me written all over it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Crime documentary. <laughs> I they're, love those. They're telling me to watch Defenders, and I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, don't bother. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that. Anyway, uh, uh, now we really haven't talked too much about video games uh, on the podcast because um, horror pod, uh, horror video games aren't as good as they used to be. Mm-hmm. I believe they are getting better again. Uh, we have that one game that Jessalyn loves, Until Dawn. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, that's so a good, good game. You played then through it like how many times? Then you'll love Detroit when we get there. Okay, yeah. okay. I played through it three times, 
Because, you know, the first time I'm careful, I want everybody to live. And then the second time I was like, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I only did one playthrough, but I've always wanted to go back. But go back I, I and kill it, everyone. I loaned yeah. it out to someone else. Oh. And I was like, oh, by the time they're done, I'll be ready to play again. And now it's been like two years. I'm like, ah. Oh. You know, but it's, it, did you get it, it was, back? Because you can borrow our copy. I might. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's crazy because it, it was one of those games that like, it gets the genre so well. Yes. And explains like, you know, and, and it was one of the games I was like, wow, there can be good horror games again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a fun one. And then the, uh, the remake of Resident Evil 2 came out and everyone was happy. Including <laughs> myself. It was a great game. This whole remastered remake uh, I love Resident Evil, and Resident Evil 2 is my second favorite of the Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 4 is my favorite. Oh, okay. But Resident Evil 2 was... Well, Resident Evil 4 was introducing more to the action part of Resident Evil. Right, that's when I did not yeah. like Resident Evil games anymore. Yeah. It was too much combat. The guy with the chainsaw yeah, would not go away. Yeah, that guy. I didn't like so, it. this remake uh, does the over-the-shoulder perspective kind of like mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4, but it's not fast pace like part four is it's scary and it's back to the roots of horror so um jesslyn i know you played through it twice now and i only played through it once because it scared the shit out of me three times i played through it twice with claire i played the a and b game with claire and then the a game with leon okay okay because it can actually be a really short game if you miss some stuff yeah (laughs) i can get through really fast yeah (laughs) well the original game i remember i could beat in about three hours Oh, okay. It's longer than that. Yeah, I beat this yeah. one in about six or seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hmm. I like games that I can beat in a, under ten hours. Yeah. Yes. I'm just like, give me a good story. Yes. Involve me in the game and make me want to play it again. I would much yeah. rather have a, a seven-hour to eight-hour game that I can play multiple times than a 30-hour game where I'm like mining for gold for yeah. ten yeah. of those hours. No kidding. Yeah. And this has A and B storylines mm. for both Claire and Leon, which I think is yeah. cool. Like, they're a little bit... Subtle just, yeah, just yeah. A, a little bit different. Uh, the big issue I have with it, which actually, I mean, I'm um, kind of, I might be in the minority in this one. I might not be, but the whole Mister X thing or the tyrant. Of course, he scared the poop out of me the, a couple times in oh, this yeah. game. But him constantly chasing you, really, you know, you really can't search and look around like you did with the first Resident Evil and take your time. It's it kind of seems like you're you're running away most of the time, which I, I don't like. But then again, I understand. Um, what do you think about that? Because you, you, I don't know um, if you played. You didn't really play the second one all that, uh, the original all that much. No, I only played the original once. Right, and Tyrell, did you? Yeah. Were you? I played the original once. Okay. And that was because. Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't have a PlayStation, mm-hmm. so we would rent the PlayStation. Uh, so I, I played that with Sega. Yeah, I played the Resident <laughs> Evil One and Two without a memory card. Oh, oh my god! Oh, that, that was brutal. I did, I did brutal. that one time in the first Resident Evil, right when the PlayStation was still new. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is Resident Evil uh, game you gotta play." And I remember my brother and I playing it, like getting pissed at the controls, like, "What the hell is this? Why are they controlling?" Okay. We got used to it, and then we got to the big snake. And then it killed us, and we didn't save, so uh, we were just yeah. devastated. Like, yeah. But 2 was definitely, like, I mean, it blew me away. Left, yeah. left, 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 like, a very long-lasting impression on me. It's, like, the reason I kept coming back to Resident Evil games, I think, was because of the second game. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, but Mr. X, so I played it on easy, 
And when you play it on easy, Mr. X is more annoying than he is anything else. I mean, he can knock you down once and not do any damage at all. And so you can run past him every single time. So, I don't know. Normal. You played it on normal. And I, yeah, like I a did. a lot more. I was getting my ass kicked on yeah. several. I he beat it. damage but... and he follows you constantly. Yeah. yeah. But it's fun, though. It's scary. It's, mm-hmm. it is, it's a scary game. And <laughs> it did. I jumped quite a few times. And the headshots with the, the stupid zombies, you gotta pump them five or six shots, yeah. and they go down, and they're like, oh, they might be dead, and you come back in the area later, and they're back up again, and you're yeah, like, I just no. shot you, you know? And just then, let them roam around, don't yeah. waste your ammo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jesslyn, you've p- played Detroit lately. Yes, you and got it for me for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I did. it for oh. a while, yeah. So Detroit, Become Human, it's a game from last year. With Jesse Williams, Valerie Curry from The Following. That's what I know her from. And Brian Decker, who I don't know at all. He gives me Johnny Utah vibes. That's what I kept... I kept calling him Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. Uh, from Point Break, Keanu Reeves. Um, so it's take control of these three androids in their quest to discover who they really are. So it's a choose-your-own-adventure kind of game. And it's easily... It's a beautiful game. It's the best choose-your-own-adventure that I've ever played. Um... You can actually die really early in the game and have to start over, depending on the choices that you make. But there are three characters, so you could make it all the way through with one and accidentally kill another one um, and keep going. What happened with me is, uh, oh, the android at the very beginning even, the one that welcomes you to the game, when you turn it on and off, she'll start talking to you, Hmm. and she'll want to be friends with you, Hmm. and eventually she'll say, I want to be free. Will you set me free? And you can choose to set her free. I chose to set her free, and then she's gone. You don't ever see her again. (laughs) What's the play play style? Is it kind of like Until Dawn? It's like Until Dawn, yeah. There's some running... No, there's not really any combat. It's really like Until Dawn. It's really all the choices that you make. So what happened with me is that as the detective, Johnny Utah, I failed mm-hmm. to solve the crime and I lost. Mm. Um, <laughs> as the Kara the, by Valerie Curry, she's the one who um, steals this kid away from an abusive father. Um, kid dies. Uh, I made it across the border, but the kid died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as Jesse Williams, I managed to lead an entire rebellion to android freedom. So nice. like, I'm a bad cop, I'm a bad mom. Great rebellion Great. leader. <laughs> really, really good at leading it's rebellion. Incredible. So now I'm playing through a game again, and it's a great game. I love it. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Is it easy? Is it an easy one to pick up used, or is it like expensive still? Uh, no. I bought a pack. I, I believe it's the same guys who did Heavy Rain. Yeah. And they did uh, like a three pack with another game. I, I forget what it's called. Probably and it was, uh, Beyond Two Souls. Is that the one? It might be. Yeah. But I just started playing that one because I liked Heavy Rain, and right. Beyond Two Souls was like. I got maybe 20 minutes, and I was like, this is terrible. Okay. Oh, no. so. Heavy Rain's the other one that you Heavy got Rain, me. yeah. That, so you that like game, that one. Oh, yeah. That okay. one's, yeah, that one's pretty good. I, I it, know it all It doesn't control it. very well, but it it's cool because, like, I would be interested to talk to you after you play it because it's fun to compare, like, what did you do, and how did this yeah. happen, and who died, and who lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There are so many options in Detroit, too. I feel like I'm going to have to play it through four times oh, yeah. to, to do everything. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued now. And it's they, good. they have, like, a tree of all the different, like, choices you make, and you can go back later on and choose different branches of a tree. Oh, cool. And yeah. And it will fill it in for you. So mm-hmm. there's, like, oh, a whole cool. big 
graph for you to follow. And well, you can, yeah, you can look at the flow chart while you're playing to see, like, okay, I chose this last time, so I'm going to choose this this time and see what happens. Yeah. Well, it's got Lance Henriksen, so I got it. It does. Yes, yeah, yeah, not as a playable character, but he's yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> and who Hero. else? Uh, Clancy Brown, also not a playable character, but he's uh, the cop's partner. Oh, okay. So you have to get Clancy Brown to like you. And that is not an easy task. I wish was, but I did it. I wish it was Gary Busey, you know? Yeah, that oh. might be better. <laughs> but Clancy Brown just totally hates you at the beginning, and you have to befriend him, and I nice. managed to do it. Johnny Utah. Yeah. Give me two. Johnny Utah. <laughs> you gotta give Gary Busey chili dogs throughout the game. That'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah, A-plus game. Play nice. it. All right. And Resident Evil 2, that's also an A-plus game. Definitely mm-hmm. play that one. I gotta get back into it, and... I, when I played it, I put my headphones on to block out all the other noise, and yeah, it, it, it is a scary game. Yeah, I kept randomly like yelling at you, just random things that I was doing in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> He's answering me. <laughs> and I think I heard you shriek a couple of times Oh yeah, Mr. X. <laughs> yeah, him. Well, I shriek a lot of stuff, because I'm also playing Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah. and there's just there's two parts in that game that got me. One was when you first meet the grizzly bear, and it just throws you off your horse. <clears throat> And you gotta kill it. And then there's just other times in the game where you're just riding your horse through somewhere, and then you'll hear like a, a, a cat of some sort, you know, growl. And you're like, oh fuck. And then all of a sudden you just see this this cougar yeah. charging at yeah. you and just tackles you. And yeah. you're just like, oh fuck. You gotta like grab your gun out real quick and try and kill him, or he just Ugh. annihilates you and rips open your neck. How far back does that set you usually? Not far. That's you lose good. some money and you some health. You can lose your horse though, right? Like if it kills you can, your horse. Uh, luckily nice. though, you yeah. can revive your horse. Oh, with a little paddle. Actually, you make these little tonics to give them, and they pop Aww. right back up. And you feed them some hay and some a little green herb, a little red herb. Yeah, What's, yeah, mix them together. And you get power. to name your horse too, right? Yeah, I named a couple of them. One was Billy Bob. Um, and the other one was uh, pickles or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you had a berry. The oh, berry! Yeah, yeah, that's uh, berry was actually my my black horse, and hopefully I'm not ruining anything. No, I'm not gonna even say it. So, uh, yeah, because no, I, I haven't played it. Yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna ruin it then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> berry was a great horse. I'm just gonna say that. Um, <clears throat> the eulogy for berry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now to my new segment here for the second week. Now it's called Action Prime. <laughs> Need like a little theme song. Yeah, I, well, do, well, yeah. I think I'm gonna try and cut it in. So one of these times, there's just a bunch of bullets and like and just horns going off. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a James Horner or something. I'll throw in there. All right, this week on Amazon or Action Prime, I'm even messing up my own fucking segment. Uh, this one's called War Bus, and the movie starts out in Vietnam, and there's this, like, uh, missionary, and they have a school bus, and, like, the, the Viet Cong starts attacking them, and these three American soldiers commandeer this school bus with some other, like, teachers and missionaries and some other, uh, locals, along with, a, a Vietnamese, like, a general, rebel general, I believe, and an Australian guy, uh, <laughs> they just threw an Australian guy in there. He's actually a pretty <laughs> cool character. Uh, and yeah, then we have our three American soldiers who I'm pretty sure aren't played by Americans at all. Uh, their voices are overdubbed, and I'm just saying, why don't you just get Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he's the one who does those roles anyway. They don't uh, have the budget for uh, him. Yeah, so they get, yeah. That's probably an issue, yeah. yeah it was a, an um, Italian and Philippines co-production, like most of them are. 
You know it's quality. Man. Yep, you know there's going to be some death in this one, and yes, there is. I didn't do a kill count, and I'm not going to do a kill count for these because uh, there's just so many of them, and I'm already doing one for the, the movie of the week anyway. Well, that's going to be a tough one. I wonder mm-hmm. how you handle yeah. that. But uh, <laughs> I know it's tough. But it was uh, I'm, uh, on the kill count. It, it, it reaches to the high numbers. I'm going to say it almost hits a hundred. So there's a lot of guys getting like blown up by a grenade and they kind of they jump yes yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. good amount of that going yeah. on there's a good amount of uh getting shot and you know there's no squib or anything guys just fall down uh there's a lot of those scenes which I mean, yeah of course Amen. they're gonna be in there any uh wilhelm screams uh no wilhelm screams <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the italians didn't know about wilhelm no oh, no they okay, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's funny it's, this is like uh it's cashing in on on missing in action which is cashing in on rambo yeah because <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of these vietnam like we're gonna go back to vietnam or we're gonna win the vietnam war or, i'm a vietnam vet you know in the 80s that was like the thing. yes yeah yes and that's where most of these movies are from this one's from uh, 85 86 mm-hmm. uh do i recommend this one or or my redeeming qualities for this is that it's uh the set pieces that they use in this movie are actually pretty good they're just not in a jungle setting going through leaves and, and the brush and everything there's actually like uh different sets and different houses they end up going to and uh like rivers and everything so that's that's a good quality of this movie it's shot okay um, the killing, some of the scenes with the action are pretty good, some of them are pretty bad. Uh, all around, might as well check it out if you like these kind of movies. But is there a war bus in it? There is, and, and this, <laughs> this, this bus, alright, I'll get to, I'm, in my, uh, in my, uh, watch if you like section, I'll tell you about the bus. Okay. Alright, here's my watch if you like section. <laughs> alright, right, watch, you gotta watch this movie if you like stealth missions. Mm-hmm. Sweaty chests. Oh yeah. Hairy sweaty chests. Oh yeah. <laughs> Puddle fucking. Okay. Uh, Brook pooping. Okay. Drop kicking subordinates. <laughs> synchronized somersaults. So like when a, like going like the army guys all like jump over different barricades all at the same time and do a somersault. That's what that is. Uh, shoreline epilepsy. That's another one. Uh, mortar delivered by Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Uh, booby trap Jesuses. And a war bus takes out a whole fucking building. Hey. So now we know I'm what happens board. to the fucking... Yeah, that sounds like a yes. war bus. I'll be adding war bus to my ever-growing it's a, queue. Uh. It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
Our movie of the week is the 1969 western The Wild Bunch, directed by Sam Peckinpah. I first saw this movie right when it was re-released again. Probably, I want to say, the mid-2000s. And I knew really nothing about this movie other than a line I heard back in... No, actually, you know what? It was late 90s when they re-released this. Late 90s, early 2000s, I want to say. VHS? It, nah, VHS is when I got it on. Okay. And it was the uncut version of it because they had cut out different parts of it. I believe the whole train scene, I, I believe they cut out. Oh. Uh, and I remember my, my dad telling me about this. Is like, yeah, this movie was really cut. Not necessarily the violence of it, but just, just different scenes of like children and uh, the whole train scene in the movie was, I think, was cut out altogether, if not really shaved down. Because that scene's about a good 20, 25 minutes. So yeah, I, that's the first time I saw it, and I was really blown away because I'd never seen a Western quite like that before. Uh, it included blood and violence and and uh nudity and uh the the when people were getting shot they weren't just holding their chest and falling over it was squibs and blood and just violence to the t on this and mm -hmm. i was just blown away back then and loved this movie ever since um so jesslyn you first saw this movie with me yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and tyrell you've seen this movie uh, quite a few times before yeah, but when was the first favorite. time you know, it was probably when I was a kid with my dad, you know, like, I mean, my, my parents both loved Westerns, but this was one that was definitely more of a dad Western, you know, mm -hmm. I don't even think this was one of his favorite Westerns, but he, I remember him always saying before we ever, because we weren't allowed to watch it for a while, but then like, he was like, yeah, that one, it's really violent, you know, it's really violent, you know, <laughs> and then when I finally watched it, I was like, this is crazy. I think when I first saw it, I was so young that it seemed long to me. Yes. Um, and then I kind of rediscovered it in high school and college and just kind of like, man, I mean, you know, it's, it's like one of those movies that every time I watched, I get a lot out of it. So it's become one of my, like, it's on my, like, you know, my ever changing top 10 list. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always got the wild bunch on there. Sam Peckinpah. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> so our movie starts out with a uh, group of soldiers, it seems like, and they're walking to this town and, um, they, uh, Walk to this bank, and it doesn't seem like anyone knows what's going on, including us as the uh, uh, as the people watching, as the audience. And as they're walking to this bank, they uh, approach like these children, and they are have a bunch of uh, they have like an arena, like this little mini, mini arena, kind of I wanted to do when I was a kid, and like uh, throw some like different insects or animals in this arena so they fight each other. But I mean, it just kind of sounds ridiculous now. <laughs> Uh, but they, they see these kids with this little arena and they have scorpions and a shit ton of ants and they're all fighting each other and these scorpions are being overrun by ants, which pretty much just gives away the end of the movie, if you've seen it before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> and uh, they walk to the bank and begin to rob it, but they, do, they don't notice that also uh, these bounty hunters know, knew that they were going to rob the bank, so they've set up on top of all the rooftops. And um, while robbing the bank, they, they figure this out, and then they make their way out. But while they're making their way out, it's, there's also like a, a, like a, um, a Bible kind of religious study going on, and now they're marching through the streets talking about, I guess, I, I think they want to start prohibition right around this time, because they're talking about their alcohol, how horrible it is and everything, and no one should drink this for a nickel or whatever how it is. And so... <laughs> 
the our leader of these or the wild bunch. <laughs> his name is Pike, and he's the one who leads everyone out of the bank into this procession of sorts, so they can kind of shield themselves from the incoming fire that's going to come from these bounty hunters. So uh, they make their way out of the bank. Um, a lot of them get killed, including one of my favorites is Crazy Lee, who was played by Bo Hopkins. We did a movie of his a few weeks ago, or about a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, Mutants, where he actually stars in the film and, and lasts throughout. Unlike this one, where he's, you know, he's Crazy Lee and he's he's fucking with people because he, um, Pike, our the leader, makes him watch all the people in the bank so they don't escape or, or run away and tell. So unfortunately, he gets left behind, which plays somewhat into a part of this movie later on. Uh, so Pike and his men end up getting away, and the uh, the bounty hunters unfortunately shoot some of the civilians along with the wild bunch too. But the main core of the guys make it out of there alive. And then we end up learning that these bounty hunters were hired by the the train, uh, the people who were making the train, uh, and one of the guys was a former member of the wild bunch with Pike. And he's the one who's tasked to finding him out, to, to finding Pike and taking him down, or else he's going to be taken back to prison. And unfortunate for him, he's given a lot of lackeys that are just stupid. They're really, yeah, yeah. they're really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so great though that they. I mean, that's such a cool. I love like one of the the core things that's awesome about the movie is that you know that they know each other, that mm-hmm. Pike and, mm-hmm. and him know yes. each other, and that they have like he almost. It's like he has sympathy for them, but at the same time, like he knows he can't be part of their group anymore. He almost right. longs for it in a way, but at the same time, he, you know, I don't know. It's it's such an interesting dynamic between them, yeah. even though they don't really even have any scenes together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's like this interesting kind of interchange between them. Like yeah. he really doesn't want to go back to prison. No, <laughs> that. like right. this is what he has to do to not go back to prison. Yeah. He even hesitates, too, during this whole shootout in the beginning to shoot Pike, and they they lock eyes with each other, and mm-hmm. he hesitates and ends up shooting a, a tuba player <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah. And another cool thing that I saw in the beginning here, which I, I've seen before, but really I really paid attention, was the, the editing mm-hmm. of people getting mm-hmm. shot and mm-hmm. killed. And it's done in slow motion, and it's intercut with other people getting shot. Mm-hmm. Some of it's slow motion, some of it's regular motion, and... It reminds me of a lot of John Woo movies and how he's done that in his films and how much he has taken from Peck and Paw movies. One of them, right off the top of my head, I can think of is Hard Boiled in the the scene where um, the uh, the two different gangs are, are uh, gonna fight each other in the warehouse, and then they get attacked and you know they're shooting everything and the Mad Dog guy and then. There's a the part with the motorcycle, he rides it, and the one guy, and just, everything's just cut, and some stuff slowed up, and there's a guy flying over a table, and you see him fly over the table, then oh, you see some other guys get blasted, then you cut back to the scene of that guy flying over the table still, so it's just... It's such a, like, it's such a... Ballet of sorts. Well, yeah, and it's like, th- this is the film, it's, this is like the paradigm shift on, like, how mm-hmm. to shoot action and yes. show action, mm-hmm. like, incorporating slow motion, incorporating these incongruent cuts to other things that mm-hmm. just stretches time out you know like a, a guy will get shot and he's falling off the roof and it's intercut with six other things so it seems like he's falling like forever mm-hmm. and it's crazy like how much that influenced like so many filmmakers since then I mean yes. there would be no John Woo there yes. would be no Tarantino there, even yeah. comics like y- even watching like uh, you know reading Akira I'm a big fan of Akira by Akatsuki Hirotomo he does the same thing there's you know, ten pages of a character falling, intercut with all these other things. Like Peck and Paw was just like 
man, he was like on another level. He's yes. just like, what can we do here? And like, oh, that that's like that first scene is where if you're watching that movie, I don't know what you thought the first time you're watching it, where I don't know if like if you hadn't seen it until now, if that made an impression on you or did it seem like, did you recognize that while you were watching it? Um, no, actually, no. I mean, now that I'm like reviewing it in my head as you're saying mm-hmm. this, definitely yes. But no, what struck me was, and I, I walking into this, I knew that's what I was going to get out of it because it's peck and paw. But the, you take a Western and then you add the actual violence that would happen if you're shot or stabbed or mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. the carnage that happens. And it was kind of, reviled and it's time for being too violent when it's exactly the same as any spaghetti western they just added more a lot of blood (laughs) they made that violence real these people died like unforgiven comes out and you know 20 years later and people are like oh this is so revolutionary it's like unforgiven is a great movie don't get me wrong but like wild bunch yes Yes. (laughs) absolutely it's a big difference guys (laughs) so no i didn't notice that but now i want to see it again for for that aspect of it yeah Yeah, the editing the way it's shot right there Mm -hmm. especially that opening scene it kind of sets you up for the um like the uh it gives you the language that the film's going to be using Mm -hmm. and 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 also the language the the really bad language you know it's another thing that you don't see in like a uh you know, like a Howard Hawks film or something. Right. Like yeah, a John Ford mm-hmm. Western, you know. Yeah, it's just way different. And it, it was it was a great surprise to me because I wasn't a big Western kind of person. I, I'd always thought it was kind of like... Well, I grew up... My, my grandmother liked Westerns and it was always shit like Bonanza or... or <laughs> Harmless or, Westerns. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the Riflemen every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's like that nostalgia for the West rather than like a yes. realistic look at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is another thing that's interesting like as you continue going through the plot I think it's worth mentioning that it's it's much more of like a later time frame Western. Yes. So there's right. automatic weapons, there's machine guns, there's things that didn't exist. So it's like right at the turn of the century. Yeah. So there's like the violence is like it's like it's still the old west, but now you're capable of like mass violence. You know? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. It was uh, like if you you did a movie in the '60s, but it, it it focused it started to focus a little more maybe towards disco kind of right, thing. Right, right. Or yeah, this is kind of like the last western movie right. before the modern revolution of everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So which it, is it, deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's parts where they they see a car maybe for the first time mm-hmm. and you're like, holy shit, was it run on steam? You know. <laughs> and they're like, no, gas or alcohol. You know, it, it's. Um, and they're like, well, well, there's you know. I heard there's planes flying through for the next war that's going to happen. You know, it's 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 really interesting how they played off that. So from there we get to um, the our wild bunch, as we'll call them, I guess, uh, <laughs> escape. And um, one of their crew is wounded, and he's like, "I don't think I can make it." And Pike just shoots him right off the bat, and he's like, you know, "And everyone feels bad. Like we should say something." And he's like, "No, we got to we got to get the hell out of here. We don't have time for this right now." Um, this is unfortunate, but let's get the fuck out of here. And, and Ernest Borgnine, who plays Dutch, agrees with them too, and he's got a pretty good line about that too. And while the other guys are like, "We should really say something," he's like, "Yeah, we should do that. We should also have a choir here." And, have, and, <laughs> and then everyone kind of gets the point, and they, they leave. Which Ernest Borgnine's awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Even in this movie, he's, so he's great. <laughs> Him and Pike's friendship in this in this movie are, are awesome, and just that's like his right hand man. You know, that's his boy. So. Anything Pike does, you know, Dutch is with him also. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the character, also, side note, character names in this, the coolest fucking character names. You know? <laughs> like, you got you got Pike Bishop, Dutch Engstrom, Deke Thornton, 
you know, Wild Gorch, Freddy Sykes. Freddy Sykes. I mean, these yeah. guys are so cool. <laughs> this just reminds me of like a, a noir kind of book you know, mm-hmm. of like the character of, uh, his name was Dutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just realized that both the names Pike and Angel are both used by Joss Whedon, so I feel like maybe Joss Whedon is a fan of the Wild Bunch. Everybody's stealing from the Wild Bunch. <laughs> Everybody so, steals yeah. from the Wild Bunch. But unfortunate for the Wild Bunch, they ended up the the whole. Their whole plan was already thought of, and they knew that this bank was going to get robbed. So they re- replaced all the silver they were supposed to get with washers, or as one of the the uh, what's the name of the one of the brothers? He called it a uh, uh, oh shit silver rings. Silver rings. Like <laughs> <laughs> They're just washers. So they really have. I mean, they have nothing now. They're, this is their last big score, and they lost half of their men. So what they end up doing next is they, uh, one of their other, uh, the Wild Bunch is, uh, one of the newer members, his name is Angel, and he takes the the rest of the guys back to his his little village so they can, you know, relax and figure out what they're going to do next. And that's where we learn that um, the general, uh, what's his name, Mapache. Mapache. Mm-hmm. General Mapache has, you know, Killed some of their people, stolen all their food, really wrecked their their way of life, stolen like women, uh, stolen angels, uh, his wife or girlfriend, and we get to see what happens to her later on. And Angel's really upset about this, and um, they kind of figure from there, like, okay, we have to find some work somehow, so they end up leaving there, and they go to where Mapache is. But during this time at Angel's Village, we really get a sense that things aren't going to go well for the Wild Bunch. Because as they're leaving, everyone's standing around giving them flowers as they're leaving this village, all the, all the villagers. And it's more of like a funeral or mm-hmm. going on rather than saying goodbye to someone. So a lot of this is really telling throughout the movie. You're getting all these signs and symbols and everything <laughs> throughout it. Really just kind of hitting you in the face. Um, so yeah, I really like that scene where, where they're just going through the town like that. And you actually, um, we were listening and reading some of the Spanish that they're singing and Jesslyn, what did you say that they're kind of... <clears throat> well, my more? Spanish is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I could gather from the, there were no English subtitles. It was all Spanish subtitles. Right. So I couldn't tell what they were saying, but I got the impression that they were saying something like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Something along those lines, which is right. why it gives you that funeral feel. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really cool scene. Um, and then they make it to um, where Mapache is, um, I guess, to, I don't know, see what's going on. I, I really don't, didn't understand why they went there. Do you know why they went there? I feel like they knew that they could, uh, you know, I think that they had this idea that they could, you know, offer their services to someone who's in the business of war, whether that be to thieve something or to, right. you know, go get something. So, I mean, you know, you go to the most powerful person that does what you do, which is kill mm-hmm. people, and you mm-hmm. say, yo, we're up for hire, you know? Okay. That's how I felt, too. Yeah. Okay, good. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was, like, they are going to go there just to maybe see uh, what Angel was talking about or maybe it to do like good. It seems like it was a lead or... to check out, right? Yeah, it was just someplace I other than the where they were. I exact dialogue, but yeah. Okay. Like so they end up going there, and what we see in this whole area that Mapache owns is that most of the men... And boys are soldiers, and all of the women seem to either be pregnant or have small children. 
and we kind of figure out it's not really told to us but we figure out that these women are being taken away from these other villages and they're being you know um, uh, all the the general and maybe some of his captains and everything are having their way with them and they're having all these young kids because we see it different parts of this whole scene where it's just a bunch of little kids running around and being breastfed and everything. Two so. breastfeeding scenes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not something you see in films very much, no. especially no, in know. 69 or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. So our wild bunch, who are only five, six guys left, including Sykes, who's ends up joining with the wild bunch because he was, he had their horses for them and he kind of just rides with them to, you know, See what he can do, I guess. He's kind of like mm-hmm. the cookie cleaning guy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he takes like care him. of the horses, yeah. He's, he's really gross. He's got black teeth. And so he looks... Oh, the guy who looks dusty yeah. even in the steam room? That yeah, guy. He, <laughs> guy who can clean in a steam room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then our men find a table around right where Mapache is with all of his other captains. He, Mapache's at the main table. He's got women all over him. He's got generals. He's got these other two guys... We don't really don't know who they are just yet. Hanging out with him too, and Angel sees his um, girlfriend who was taken away from him, and we don't understand uh, word for word what they're saying because they're speaking Spanish. And, but we can kind of guess that she's saying like, you know, I'm with him now. Uh, I I can't be here, kind of thing. And she's really conflicted about it. She's showing off all these different emotions while she's talking to him. Even even after talking, when she goes to meet the general and, and sit on his lap and kiss him and everything. So, um, I don't know if it's she was trying to play it up even more, So, but unfortunately Angel gets really mad about that and he kills her uh, while she's on the general's lap and everyone starts pulling their guns on the wild bunch and Pike is the leader. He's like, all right, hey, hold on a second. Let's you know relax a minute here. Um, and then one of the guys I was talking about earlier, he's a, a German soldier or a German... Uh, uh, part of the German army wanting to learn about the different guns and artillery that the United States has, so when World War Two, well, uh, World War One happens, they'll have a leg up on them. Um, <clears throat> so Pike and every and the rest of the Wild Bunch end up making a deal with these guys, with the general and these Germans, to go rob this train of all their guns and ammunition. So the general has a better uh, shot at killing Pancho Villa and his army. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is a pretty cool scene. I like it. You, you get to see how horrible, uh, the general is, which he's actually a, uh, a Mexican, uh, film director, which I read online today. Oh. And he was cast in this role, so that's kind of cool. I've never seen any of his movies, so I don't, <laughs> I don't even uh, know what they're Mapachi? called. It. Yeah, Mapachi. So Emilio Fernandez yeah. is his name, yeah. So I gotta go, I gotta check him out. Some see IMDb stuff. Peckinpah's done that too. He's popped up in some movies as an actor. Huh. Right, right, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, from, um, so yeah, we get to meet some more of the German guys, and, uh, they really want to get these guns and everything. They're just, this guy is all about Pike's gun, because he sees it's, not, it's from a, uh, soldier, it's not from just a, a made off the assembly line, so he's really interested in that. And then, um, once they make the deal, they kind of set Angel free, and they're like, alright, you can join up with you again. And then, uh, some tomfoolery begins, that's where we get to the steam room, and the, our brothers, who are also with the Wild Bunch, uh, start bathing in this big vat of water with these these naked women, and everything. they're having a great time. And Warren uh, Oates and Ben Johnson, rep exactly. I love those guys. Yeah. Ben, I did want to mention too that Ben, like uh, the other beauty of this movie is they get a lot of actors that are from classic westerns, like mm-hmm. Ben Johnson mm-hmm. and some of these guys that are just like you're used to seeing them in Gunsmoke, 
and then they're in this movie. You know, it's kind of yeah. like when they got like Slim Pickens to be in uh, Boys and Saddles. You're like, yeah. wait a minute, he's like a Western right. guy. Yeah. <laughs> But those two, those brothers are hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah, they're 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 and there's you know and there's a lot of comedy in this yeah. movie too. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a, a scene, a flashback scene of Pike um, when he's reminiscing about him and Deke, the guy who's hunting him now. And um, there's another scene kind of after that where um, Pike is talking about um, how he met a girl one time and you know he fell in love and. When he's having this flashback, he enters the house of her, and she like as soon as he enters, she slaps him, and he kind of falls back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to learn a bit bit more about Pike through that. Um, he was act his that woman was actually cheating on him with uh, well was, um, excuse me, uh, she had a husband, and so forth. She was cheating on her husband with Pike, and then she acts ends up getting killed by uh, her husband. And he never really has, like, another woman again, really, or never really fell in love again and just kind of followed the path of being an outlaw for the most part. And that's what his... He's got a big scar mm-hmm. because right, the yeah. husband shot him, too. Yeah, yeah he got hit. And then from there on is the, um, the train scene, uh, which I said before I think I might have been cut out of the original film. And this is an awesome, tension-filled scene because the Wild Bunch know this train's coming through but so do the the bounty hunters so they board the bounty hunters board the train waiting for pike and his crew to to rob them but pike is really smart so he was able to hide everyone and have a plan to just take all the guns and i would actually just to steal the train (laughs) from the guys and yeah the way he did it was awesome and just this whole tension of the scene was great with the sounds of the steam engine right Mm -hmm. yeah man it's so good and uh, and it's this the tension in this movie is great, especially when you watch the first shootout and when the first like the five minutes before the shootout's going to happen in the beginning. There's uh, there's the cutting and the editing of this film is just showing you eight different parts of where all this is happening and quick cuts and you're seeing like okay they're robbing the bank. There's the guys on the roof. They see the guys on the roof and it's just cutting back and forth and you're just waiting for all hell to break loose. It's like the essence of, of like montage as a as, yeah. a, as a tension builder mm-hmm. rather than music that's like da 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 It's like sound design and editing that kind of gets you like amped up. You know? yeah, and the music they're playing isn't just for you to hear. Everyone's hearing this music because that procession is going through town mm-hmm. so you get to hear it <laughs> going through. Um, so yeah, when they rob this train they the way they do it is awesome because they unhook some of the cars, they take off, they have a, a another wagon waiting for them to transport these weapons and ammunition to take back to the general. And when they do that, Pike ends up reversing the train back towards um, <laughs> towards the uh, the bounty hunters along with the army that was on the train too. But the army they had on the train was a bunch, bunch of green soldiers, so they really weren't ready to fight, per mm-hmm. se, or, or, or ride, or they couldn't even control their horses or anything, so <laughs> that's how they get away for the most part. And uh, so yeah, that seems really cool. Just the whole train is, and it's. I really hope that wasn't cut out from other portion or parts of this movie or versions of this movie. I want to say. I feel say. like maybe it was the kind of scene that, <clears throat> you know, if you're trying to shorten a movie, and also like maybe back then a, a scene that that's building tension that doesn't have like really overdone music was probably not mm-hmm. as commonplace. So it'd probably be an easy cut to make. Right. You know, yeah. Like wow, it's kind of a weird scene. They're, mm-hmm. they're stealing a train, you know. But I don't. I don't know how you. 
I mean, I don't know how the movie works without it. That's but. what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. how can you cut that scene? I'd be yeah. so confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> weird. So our our wild bunch uh, end up stealing, and, and they make a, made a deal with the general. But our guys were pretty smart, and they would only deliver the guns to the general in different uh, shipments, like Wait, three or you, four did crates. Did you mention the bridge already? Oh yeah, you know I'm sorry, I oh, forgot yeah, the bridge. Yeah, that part. happens right there. Uh, yeah. yeah, right after they get away, um, they had also re- they really thought this plan through because yeah. Angel and everyone else in the bunch rig this bridge to blow up. And once the the wild bunch cross that bridge, they blow it, and the with uh, all these dudes on with it, Deke Thornton. Yeah. It was the most insane stunt. That it was. stunt looks real horses, crazy. real horses. Real people. And yes. that's where I kept thinking, God, it's 1969. Those <laughs> yes. horses are not being protected. Yes, oh, but it it's an crazy. incredible crazy. Yes. stunt. And yeah. I love it. And I love how Pike is across and everything. And they see him; they're shooting a Pike, and he just kind of waves at him, and then the whole thing blows up. <laughs> And it kind of reminded me of, um, like, uh, in a way, like maybe Die Hard, where he throws that shit down into mm-hmm, like the, mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm. the elevator shaft and it blows up. He's like, "Whoa, fuck!" It like blew up too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, kind of startled himself, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, fuck!" I didn't mean to do it that much, but yeah, it was, it was that's an awesome, awesome scene. Uh, shit, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. I, I had to say, something. yeah, you had to, yeah, that's yeah. Like please, the, the stunt that like. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, whoa, like yeah. that's, it's crazy. And that's the kind of thing that you don't see anymore. Like you just mm-hmm. don't see real stunts anymore. I mean, and maybe yeah, I mean, horses should be safe or anything, but like, you know, that's, yeah. sometimes you just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, you know, you can show me like Iron Man flying through space and there's no danger there. Yes. No. There's no danger. Yeah. There's no, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, there is one cool thing I did see uh, with Braveheart and the horses they had in that movie. It was like a little documentary or a little DVD thing. And they actually had fake horses through the charge scene, right when the cut, right when they hit and, and right. spears yeah. and all that shit. Those were all fake horses, I believe. And they were like on hydraulics, too. To yeah. like they shot forward. So that's really, that's, yeah, I guess that's how. Hey, I would even take that over a CG horse, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Practical plastic horse that you're going to stab or something. Yeah, yeah. But I also want to be confident that all the horses are totally fine. And I would not Did you stay through the credits to see if there was a no animals were harmed? You know, I I didn't. I'm pretty sure by that time there had to be. Right. But even in Game of Thrones, those horses are not necessarily safe. And that's just like last year. Wasn't there a problem with that, too? A couple horses died in the battle. Battle scenes. I think a lot of those horses are CGI in Game of yeah. Thrones, but a couple of horses did die. Yeah, and I believe didn't Peter Jackson have a problem too with that in Maybe. some of the Hobbit movies? I believe. Yeah. Maybe, I so you know. can still. I mean, some some animals can die, and you can still slap that sticker sure, on the credit. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so it was like a complaint of mine. For whatever but, yeah. you know, in, in, whether they lived or died, shocking scene, regardless. Shocking yes. scene. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think I said holy shit out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could feel the cringe on you too. Right? <laughs> it wasn't just because of the horses; it was also the stuff. Yeah. Um. So, Angel made a deal with Pike that he would take some of these guns for his people uh, and ammunition instead of taking his share. Uh, unfortunately, Apache figures this out because the woman he shot, his mother told the general that he w- he stole those guns. So when uh, Ernest Borgnine and uh, Dutch and Angel go to get the last shipment, uh, to get the last payment and tell them where the last shipment of guns are, 
the general's like, uh, Angel can't go. Um, he stole his guns for people to kill me for the most part. And, and his fiance's yeah. yeah, he stole from mm-hmm. me and his fiance's mother told me to sold him out. <laughs> we just mm-hmm. fucked up and Dutch, he really had no choice. He was just like, Well, he's a thief, you know. And then Dutch leaves. He because if he would have stuck up for him, he would have died, too. Yeah, so, it seems cold, but yeah, does, what yeah. else was he going to do? Yeah, right. so There's Dutch. so much of that in this movie. Of mm-hmm. Like, what else? Because then you think about even the, the mom of the woman, or, or even the woman. Maybe she was saying, I want to be with him, because he was like, well, if you go back to your husband, I will kill you. Kill yeah. you, kill yeah. Him. You know, and so kill she's everyone. like, right. And, like, maybe the mom was like, oh, well, they'll kill the whole village if I don't, you know. Yes. It's like all these people in these awful situation right because someone Mm -hmm. in power is taking advantage of them yeah so unfortunately Angel's captured and Dutch goes back to the rest of the guys and tells them and they're really not happy with it um so they head back to the general and the general's I like the general because throughout this movie (laughs) you get to see how filthy and filthier and he gets throughout this film like his shirt is totally stained by the end just full of wine and whatever he's been doing (laughs) fuck juice or whatever torturing angel yeah yeah, his blood's probably all over him and everything and when uh the wild bunch ends up going back to get angel they're they're uh, keel hauling him or with a with a car or what do you call it? just dragging him with a car that the the general has. <laughs> yeah, what do you call that? It's what happens to Hector in Greek mythology. Oh yeah, is it keel hauling? Indiana Jonesing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It looks less bad. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Even the stuntman, I was like, I hope they're giving him a lot of breaks. That <laughs> yeah, would not be fun. Look fun no. That was not a dummy. That was a man. Yeah, maybe he had some cardboard underneath him or yeah. something. Um, so they asked the general to get Angel back and the general's like, dude, I, I have money, you know, I don't, I, I want, I'm going to keep him, he stole from me, and like, you can't have him back. And he's like, why don't you just go get some women, relax, and so Pike and the rest of them go, and go get laid, and, and that's when they all kind of come to the conclusion that their time is over, um, and all the shit they talk throughout this movie about loyalty and about friendship and everything comes to a head because their friend, their partner, is is has been taken. And and there's the this is where there's the scene with Pike who's just had sex with a hooker. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you can even call her that, with a woman who has absolutely no power or choice. Right, right. And he looks over and there's been a baby in the right. room the whole time, and that's when it seems like like that's his breaking point. He can't just like, yeah. take this anymore. And what's great is that they do have some discussion, like right when they find out the angel's going to be gone, but then all these turns happen almost internally, and then they externalize it almost with just these telling glances yes. from mm-hmm. each other. It's like they all walk out, you know, they're putting their guns on, like, we know what we're doing. Yeah, we know where we're going. Cool. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. is where we're going. And it's like, God, that scene. Every time it happens, and yeah. they're just kind of getting their stuff. And like, all right, you know, we all know what we're going to do. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about. it. We know what we're going to do. We're yeah. going to go and get Angel, and we know it's not going to work out well. Yeah, for us. it's going to be a Butch Cassidy type of situation. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. They just gave this guy a shitload of guns too. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to go fight him, man. <laughs> and I love, I love just the, the reaction of Dutch, you know, because the every all three guys go in and get laid. But Dutch hangs out outside, and then when Pike comes out, you know, they just give that look, and then Dutch is just ready to go. And mm-hmm. So they end up uh, approaching the general, asking for Angel back one more time, and 
Well, they, so they go up, so they all go up to right, the general, yeah. and the general's in, like, you know, they've been partying all night. Yes. Women, everybody's a little bit drunk, and they got their machine guns set up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, got like, in, gun. like, a, yes. a, I don't know, like a courtyard, kind of. Right. And it, there's, like, 100 Mexican soldiers there, you know? Yeah. And they and walk in, they're like, yo, we want angels. Right. Yeah. They're, they're going in, they're going, they're the scorpions heading into the, yeah. the arena full of ants. Yeah. And yeah, they have the guns. They have they have that little uh, that mini gun kind of thing, or the first ever mini gun, I guess. The the Gatling gun, that's what it's called. Mm. They have one of those, and just and that that gun's awesome. By the way, because earlier in the scenes too, the general's all happy about it, and he's shooting that gun. And it's nuts, the, the yeah. Ger- the German guys yelling at him like, "You need a tripod." <laughs> <laughs> he's just blasting everything, and, and then... it's it's so cool because like at the it's again it's like that turn of the century thing where. Can you imagine, like the, the the you know your your men of war, people of war, and you, this thing comes along that is just so on another level. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the amount of like shock and awe and like power that you feel when you have that is yes. just crazy. It's like like you know think if like all of a sudden you know you could teleport, you would just be like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like the most you know important person in the world and like that's mm-hmm. what these guys feel like right now right, yeah. he's like yeah come at me <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, the general is like uh, sure you can have Anhel and then he, he leads Angel out to the rest of them and he slits Angel's throat and when he does that Pike shoots the general and this freezes every single person they in just there stop. Yeah. they don't know what the fuck to do and while that's happening Dutch starts cracking up because he's like okay these guys suck first of all they're not doing shit right now let's fucking party and then the next shot that's taken is at the the german general by pike and i think partially it is maybe a a a bit of pike being somewhat patriotic in a way knowing that this guy is going to be attacking uh no not necessarily attacking the united states but starting a, a piece of shit war you know and i think part of that he notices that towards the end there especially once there's the the scene with the prostitutes seeing everything and seeing how wrong it is even after all these years he was that person and then all hell breaks loose and then one of the best shooting scenes ever made and i've ever seen in my entire life it's fucking graphic well cut slow motion scenes with just regular oh man and Everyone gets a chance at the Gatling gun, and people are just getting annihilated. Uh, fucking Dutch is throwing grenades and blowing people up left and right. <laughs> it's so crazy because they walk in, and after that first shot, everybody freezes, and they just start like it's like just, they 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 kind of lose their minds in a way. Yeah, and, and everyone's just like, you know, it's like this this moment of shock where everyone's like, "What just happened? And what are we supposed to do?" Yeah, and like the, all the soldiers are like, "What are we supposed to do right now?" Yes, and then they just start laying into them, and they finally work their way in to where that is. And it, I mean that's interesting too. So they finally get their hands on that gun, and they're wasting people. But then there's people inside the building, and they, they, right. you know, there's like that woman inside. Yep. I don't know if you were going to talk about that part. Or yeah, not. yeah. There's um. Yeah, go go for it. Yeah, there's the the woman in there who shoots Pike. Right. So like you know, it's like he almost underestimates you know that this mm-hmm. this woman who's in the room and gets shot by her, and like you know, it's like there's a moment where you almost feel like maybe they're going to do this. Yes. Right. Oh, yes. And then it just it makes it so much more like. I don't know. Every time I watch the end of this film, from the moment that everybody pauses and they start laughing, it's just like, I don't know what the feeling is that comes over me. It's like, it's sadness, it's laughter, it's excitement. It's like, you know, I'm just so engaged with that scene Mm because it is ahead of all this, like, 
tension that's been building, these relationships that have been building, mm-hmm. these adversarial relationships that have been building, these friendships, and then also like just this idea of like mass, you know, destruction at the mm-hmm. hands of like, you know, uh, corrupt people, soldiers, guns, you know, all these different things. It's like the turn of the century. Yes. Violently yeah. coming in. <laughs> yeah. It's like birthing the 19th century mm-hmm. in this one scene. And it's like so profound. And, and you know, especially by, you know, and then you get to the end and then it goes right back to like the, that core of those two guys' relationship. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Pike's there and he's holding the gun and he's, he's like, he gets Pike and, and Butch, yeah. or Dutch is like, oh. Pike, Pike, Pike you know, fight! Yeah, it's just I love like, that oh. he's like still holding. The, yeah, he's the still holding the gun, yeah. and he's like, oh, oh yeah, that's <clears> awesome. <throat> and it's Dutch just kind of goes out after that, and it's you get to see that they're they're shot by some of my kids, like ten year olds, because of the army they had. And yeah, that's it, as sad as it is that part. It's as we move on a bit more, we see it's kind of a happy ending because these guys annihilated this whole army just the four of them <laughs> there's nothing to clean up really well and they probably did it for the best reason they've ever done anything right yeah. you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. friendship and love yeah. <laughs> develop the moral compass all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> which i ah, man, i always just love that just those guys just going back with their friend it's just it's an awesome moment um so then of course they, they all die but and uh, Deke ends up showing up to where um, this this whole village is and sees that they've been killed and his job's done now. He's He's got them and the rest, there's only a few left of the bounty hunters and they end up taking the bodies with them and Deke stays back behind because he kind of suspects something's going to happen once they leave and uh, Angel's crew of guys that he gave the guns to end up killing those bounty hunters and come back to the, the general's area and end up cleaning the area out and grabbing their people out of that area that Mapache has stolen from them and liberating them. And a lot of them, some of them are even soldiers too, as you see them walking out because, I mean, they're fighting a war that they didn't want to fight, but they had no fucking choice. So we see a lot of soldiers being led out into this kind of little caravan. And and that's, um, and Sykes sees Deke there and is like, hey, you know, the Bounty Hunters didn't really make it too far. And, you know, hey, you want to join the revolution? And Deke's like, all right. And he ends up joining Sykes. <laughs> go <to laughs> with them. Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> and then they, they go off into the sunset. So it really is kind of a happy ending. Um, what do you guys think? <laughs> Where are they going to go? But yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I want to know more. I mean, I, I, I can't see this movie with fresh eyes. So I'm just very curious about your thoughts on it. Um, well, I mean, that's what I thought at the end. I couldn't believe that they survived. It didn't surprise me that Deke goes with them, because mm-hmm. it seems like that's kind of what he wanted in the first place all mm-hmm. along, but that was my feeling when they ride off. I'm like, wh- where are you going? What are you going to do now? <laughs> this is over. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I don't up. consider it a happy ending, because what's going to happen now? Yeah. Well, it is that uncertainty again. Yeah. It's like you know this new century and everything. Yeah, well, it's kind of yeah. like the end of Turbo Kid. You know, um, <laughs> where are you gonna go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing out there for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, did this we'll did see. this make you? I mean, I mean, so you're not you're not into westerns. So how did no. this like what did this do as far as your experience with westerns? Or do you think of it as a separate thing from a western? Like yeah, what? I don't even know if I would qualify it as a western. 
because, well, because the violence is actual violence, which, you know, Sam Peckinpah wanted to make that real instead of just copping out like Westerns do. And I don't know, when I think of Westerns, I don't, unless we're talking like High Noon or mm. I'm trying to name another good Western. I know there are several. <laughs> good, bad, but the ugly. But I think of like Good, Ben, the Ugly. I think of like silly spaghetti Westerns with really thin plots. And I didn't exactly know what to expect with this movie, but I wasn't expecting this at <laughs> all. There's so much to mm. this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much that I, you paused it for a second because I was like, wait, what, what just happened? What the fuck is going on? The yeah. beginning, yeah. Yeah. When I first saw it, I didn't know what the fuck was going on either. Like, right. why are these guys all shooting at each other? It's so <laughs> jarring. It's yeah. like so jarring and so, like, Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw the whole massacre of the parade coming, but I was just like, why? Why did it have to happen like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it did. I mean, it does. That's the whole point that Sam Peckinpah is trying to make. I wonder, yeah. like, I always wonder, like, how, what, what makes it a Western and what makes it not a Western. Like, what are the elements? You know, obviously, they're riding horses and stuff, but, like, what? Mm-hmm. For me, I, I was thinking about, like, as you guys were talking about it, like, the, this idea of, like, loyalty, you know, to your, yeah. uh, you know, cowboy partners mm-hmm. is maybe something that's similar to, to other Westerns. Um, but then I was like, well, what else? You know, the, the, I guess a tumultuous time is always part of Westerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that feeling of lawlessness. Right. It's definitely right. a Western type of theme. Yeah. But I think that what it does differently than, say, like a, you know, maybe the more, you know, typical, say, a John Wayne movie is that the, the ideas seem a lot more, or the characters seem a lot more morally complex. Or, or, mm-hmm. or like, their situation is morally complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, in, in, if you watch, like, uh, you know, even, you know, there's a good movie called The Cowboys, which I think is a good Western, mm-hmm. but the bad guys are the bad guys, mm-hmm. for the most part, and You're the right. good guys are the good guys, whereas in this one, the good guys are the bad guys, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, they're bad guys, they're not right. good guys. You know, there's no real good guys in the right. movie. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> when you said morally complex, I thought you were talking about just other spaghetti westerns, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I feel the opposite. <laughs> no, westerns are not Good guys and bad guys. <laughs> yeah, complex. but this, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And but, at the very beginning, I was like, well, who am I supposed to root for now? Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. And this is probably the biggest thing I think Tarantino has kind of taken from movies like Peck and Paw movies is like, who's the good guy who's the bad guy yeah. we're going to follow the bad guys around and then they become the good guys right. you know, just right. because you are following them around so they're the protagonists of the story mm-hmm. which reminds me of I was actually talking about earlier I don't think I got to explain where I heard the Wild Bunch from before was actually a Tarantino Robert Rodriguez movie from Dust Till Dawn yeah. there's a scene in there in the beginning where George Clooney says I will turn this place into the fucking Wild Bunch yep. oh yeah. yeah I never got that line and I was like oh, what's the Wild Bunch you know because I love from Dust Till Dawn oh it's so good and so yeah you're, those characters too aren't good characters at all one's mm-hmm. a rapist and the other one's a murderer so, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. You're, those are your protagonists anyway them. yeah exactly now stuck with them that's how I felt when I <laughs> <laughs> uh, now with it being a western yes i believe it is a western but it's a western that takes place at the end of when westerns would exist right so mm-hmm. yeah i it's 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 still a western to me because of that but yeah you can't have movies where you're, you're on a horse or, or, or a cowboy or whatever it doesn't necessarily mean it, it's a western movie right. yeah like um would you consider a movie like alien a sci-fi movie or a horror movie both right. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it's, I think it's more of a horror movie just because it takes place in space. Right. Doesn't necessarily right. make it science fiction. It's just has it, a, it's, it's interesting a though because like I have a lot of people in my family or a group of friends that are big mm. into westerns and they they hate 
the Western Zion. Like, they don't like the wild one. Uh, they what? don't. How does that feeling exist? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, like, or, like, they don't like, um, you know, uh, you know, like, Unforgiven or, mm-hmm. or Outlaw Josie Wales mm-hmm. or, you so know, they the ones like that I'm like. Fun, yeah, they want the clear fun, cut, one, clear yeah. cut Westerns, mm-hmm. you know. Like three Amigos or something. Or? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not a Western. That's clearly a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys watched any other Sam Peckinpah movies, though? Or are you... uh, the I Getaway haven't. I've seen. Oh, wait. The Getaway I Have Seen. No, you saw the Alec Baldwin one. Or did you see the old one? No, I've seen the original one. Seen that. I don't really remember it. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. But like Straw Dogs, I never saw, and now I feel like I can't go back. I don't want to. Straw Dogs is really, really phenomenal. I'm sure it is. (laughs) It's it's pretty dark, but it's, it's, I mean, talk about morally complex. That movie is. Right. Like, what can a man (laughs) do? Another one that's kind of like a Western, like The Wild Bunch, but it's not in the West, is Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Mm. That's another one. It's got Warren Oates. He's great. I I would definitely recommend checking that one out, too. I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sam. Sorry, but yeah. Uh, Jesslyn, final grade B. Uh Because it's two hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) But also those horses. You saw me cringe every time a horse fell or that whole stunt. I was just like, those horses are not okay. (laughs) B plus. Great movie. But yeah. Tyrell? I mean, if I could give it, you know, some sort of transcending grade. It's like, how do you grade the tree of life? Right. Yeah. It's it's like just, it's on another level of filmmaking that Mm -hmm. doesn't even... It's hard to compare it because it's so different and so unique. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah a, a plus. A plus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Same here, A plus for me. There are 124 kills. <laughs> you did it. I fucking did it. And, and the only reason, I, and the only reason I'm saying it's 144 kills is because I, there's guys who were shot in the unseen, and I'm sure some of them were still living. But then again, this was back in time where, you know, medical care wasn't as right. good and a gunshot was pretty much fatal anyway so mm-hmm. yeah those guys are dead for well me. and then For the sure. townspeople come back too and i mean they probably killed whoever yeah probably yeah person. they probably yeah. you know mm-hmm. if they had bayonets i'm sure they got them but uh nine breasts in this oh, movie i was gonna say seven i knew it was an odd number it was nine because yeah there was the breastfeeding scene and mm-hmm. i was like i'm counting that one and you're like you better yeah and I was like, yeah it's, it counts yeah it doesn't have to be you know, yeah, and exactly. and you're right. You don't see breastfeeding scenes now. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely didn't no. see them in 1969. I'm trying to think the last time I saw a movie. Me, myself, and Irene. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That was the last time I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go sifting through movies to find breastfeeding scenes, but yeah. <laughs> Favorite parts, Terrell? Uh, that ending. Yeah. You know, just them approaching. Like, the, everything from them deciding to go in yes. after Angel to... The silence of everyone dead, you know, Pike's hand on the gun. I mean, that's just like, I mean, it, it's 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 like, it almost brings me to tears it, every time. Yeah, it does. I it's agree. So, at so the same, intense. But at the same time, like the hairs on your arms stand up when you watch it. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, that same feeling I always get when, uh, like in Star in Star Wars, when Han Solo comes back and saves, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he's here. Yeah. That's like the same feeling I I kind of get in a way. You know, where you're just like yes, yeah, just yeah. I agree. I think my favorite scene was when he sees that baby in the corner of yeah. the room with the prostitute. Yeah. Because up until then, I'd felt like the women were sort of props, which is part of the point yeah. Peck yeah. and Peckinpah was yeah. trying to make. But the fact that he sees that baby and he just cannot do this anymore. That's, yeah. yeah, goosebumps. Yeah. yeah, and they went out, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome movie. Anyone uh, uh, should check this one out. Everyone should check this one out. 
Everyone listening should check this one out, definitely. Yeah. If you love westerns, if you love action movies, if you love Sam Peckinpah, if you just love a great story and, and feeling in your story and great camera work and, and fucking uh, Technicolor is fucking beautiful in this movie, especially after like the remasters and just looking at it with oh, HD yeah. TVs now. It's the just, newest Blu-ray oh. beautiful. Oh man, it is just watching it on uh, uh, Netflix. It was just oh, it was mm-hmm. just amazing. I was just it was great. Definitely check this one out. Uh, a plus for me. Thank you, Tyrell, for joining us once again yeah. on the show. Um, Jessalyn, thank you again for mm-hmm. for watching another mm-hmm. semi action movie with me. Oh, we well, got but I love this is different. <laughs> then we got one this next is, week. This so. is not mutant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, thank you guys for checking us out, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.